0: Welcome to the Week 13 edition of the Fantasy Football Brothers Podcast. My name is Blake, and I'm here with my younger brother, Carson, as we talk about Week 13 matchup previews. How you doing, Goom? I'm doing very well, Yosh. Um, I don't know if we've ever addressed each other like that, but that's funny.
1: Um, Looking forward to this. Secured a big win last week in uh, our main league, so it's good for me, and I'm looking to continue the streak for this week.
0: Well, that's wonderful. Um, all right, let's 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 get right into it, because I want to avoid talking about my own team. Um, <sighs> let's start with the Week 13 buys. Uh, Carolina, Cleveland, Green Bay, and Tennessee.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, I would say you're missing Cam, and he is still... Uh, they still said that he's the starting QB moving forward in Week 14. But, uh, yeah, that was a pretty awful display for him. He started the game quick with a... Uh, short rushing touchdown on the goal line, but then he was like 5 for 20
0: uh, on passing. Yeah, that was that was New England Cam making a reappearance. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I agree with that. Yeah, in addition to that, obviously the news that Christian McCaffrey's season is over, it, it's yes. tough to hear. Uh, he's, he's, he's so talented, but the fact that he's been struggling to stay healthy on the field these past two seasons is kind of a concern for redraft leagues, I think.
1: Yeah, I agree. I mean, before last season and maybe even the season before that, um, he was not injury prone at all. And it's just, it's tough to see him basically get uh, run into the ground with how much they used him because that's got to be the only reason that he's just become injury prone. And it's difficult to see. And yeah, it's definitely disappointing. As someone who's, you know, been the 101 on draft boards, I don't think, uh, I don't know if you can be that confident. I think a lot of people are going to be taking Taylor because he's, you know, it will be his third season, and McCaffrey definitely has that upside, but if he can't stay healthy, it's not worth going for, I guess, at that spot.
0: Yeah, it's uh, it's a combination of, uh, you know, being unlucky, and obviously I think the the workload that he has been getting in these past two years when he has been active, uh, it, it has to play a part, I think. Yeah, for but, sure. Along those same lines, Chuba Hubbard, uh, next week's matchup is good. They play the Falcons. You feel good about that. But then for the remainder of the year, let me pull this up. I mean, the rest of their season is horrible for running backs. I Mm -hmm. I believe off the top of my head that it's uh, the Buccaneers twice, the Bills, and the Saints. And those are like all top four run defenses.
1: Yeah, that's not good. I I do remember seeing that the Panthers did not have a good uh, running back schedule for the rest of the season. So... That's not great. Uh, Hubbard definitely has value, uh, for sure. But uh, yeah, you're not as excited as you would be with, like, I don't know, having Alexander Madison for example, and we'll talk about him later.
0: Yeah, I, I and I was right about that. So it's Buff, it's at Buffalo, home to Tampa Bay, then at New Orleans, and at Tampa Bay for Week 18.
1: Yeah, that, that is tough. That is that is a tough division for run defenses with the the Saints and the Buccaneers
0: for sure yeah moving on to the browns pretty much the guys that you're missing and you may have been missing them last week as i was and that's kareem hunt and nick chubb uh those guys i mean i i have to imagine that they're going to bounce back they haven't been that horrible all year so obviously it was unfortunate in how they performed in week 12 but i think maybe the bye week you know it's coming at the right time they need a little bit of rest to get things right but i don't know uh any thoughts on that uh I mean, yeah, you're starting those guys, and hopefully they can stay healthy.
1: Uh, I didn't know that neither of them played last week. No, they did. They did. Okay, they just, okay.
0: you know, they combined for about eight points.
1: Okay. Yeah, that was a low-scoring game against the Ravens. Okay. Yeah, that that's not good. Yeah, Kareem uh, but, had two,
0: two points, and Nick Chubb had a five-point nine.
1: Okay. Yeah, that's awful. I didn't even realize they did that bad. I was too worried watching who my opponent had on the Ravens and not the Browns. Um, but yeah, I do. I, I do expect yeah. them to. Uh, bounce back from that for sure. It's interesting though. I mean, that was the first week, and since like the beginning of the season, that both of them have been healthy. Um, so not a great start. Uh, but I, I could have been a divisional matchup. I think they have another one this week or next week. No, 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 they <laughs> don't have one this week. Yeah, bye, guess but.
0: guess who they play? Baltimore.
1: Oh, they play. Oh my God, they go. They play Baltimore by Baltimore.
0: Yeah, how bizarre that is, is that?
1: Weird. That is weird. I mean, I knew it was a two week turnaround, but I forgot that they had a bye. I I know that the uh it's Bengals ravens right or steelers ravens there's a it's another uh afc north matchup this week so they really throwing all of those in at the end of the season
0: yeah but that's oh god that makes me nervous about week 14 now oh, geez. Uh, let's yeah let's move on though um for the packers obviously aj dillon who's been hot lately and uh Devontae adams and uh, who's that guy that we need to free Aaron Jones. Yeah, hopefully we can see him turn things around coming off an injury in week 14. And I do want to ask you quickly, I know we've kind of been a little long-winded here at the beginning of the show, but uh, I'm just curious, you know, with Devontae Adams, and it's likely that Aaron Rodgers is going to be moving to a new team this offseason, where do you think Devonte Adams – you can hope, right? But where do you think Devontae Adams, <laughs> hope, right? yeah. think Devontae Adams uh, ranks at, at wide receiver next year for, for redraft leagues?
1: It'll be interesting. I mean, if they if the Packers are really going to stick with Jordan Love, uh, which they probably will, that will be interesting. Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, I guess Cooper Cup's probably the first off the
0: board.
1: Uh, yeah. I mean, some can people you, can might you make an, an argument for –
0: can you make an argument for Adams falling outside the top ten at wide receiver? Oh no, I don't think top ten. You don't think so? Okay. No, I think I think he's.
1: I mean, if it is announced that it's going to be Love, that is difficult. But I think Adams has too much talent to fall out of the top ten. But yeah, that's kind of he's going to be an interesting player to raft for to raft to rank for drafts <laughs> um, right. for sure because he is. An insanely good wide receiver talent, but uh, Aaron
0: Rodgers definitely has helped optimize his uh, his career for sure. Yeah, uh, just something to think of as as the season's kind of winding down. Looking forward to looking forward to next year. Uh, along those same lines, we got the Tennessee Titans as our last week thirteen bye, and uh, I mean, we saw Hilliard, we saw him kind of blow up for you know for a big run, and Deontay Foreman is still somewhat relevant ish but aj brown's still on ir I, I think he i'm not certain if he's eligible to return uh, off the buy but uh julio jones also banged up so i don't know i don't think you're really missing a whole lot of people there that you haven't already been missing you know what i mean yeah
1: i mean did you mention deonta foreman <laughs> um, i did i did just okay. briefly um, yeah yeah i think that him and hilliard have value um, I don't ever expect... I think that was the first time this season that two running backs on the same team had a 100-plus rushing yards. Um, I don't expect that to happen again. But, that being said, I think they both do have value. Um, but it'll be interesting to see what happens when Jeremy McNichols comes back. I mean, that backfield is probably messy. I don't expect uh, you know more than one to be able to have fantasy value, if any of them, just because it's probably going to stay a committee to compensate yeah. for what Derrick Henry left behind
0: yeah that makes sense all right well we've talked enough about teams that aren't going to be playing let's move on to some real football for week 13 and that's let's start with Thursday night Cowboys at the Saints we do have news that Taysom Hill will be taking the starting job this week Um, and I want to just quickly say that I think that that's probably going to be for their best interest just because of his rushing ability yeah I agree um he's such
1: a strange fantasy player and just player in the nfl um but i do think that he provides them with the versatility that they need because they i mean other than kamara and he's been missing for a few weeks they have pretty much zero playmakers so he might be an interesting play for them at quarterback
0: yeah alvin kamara has been a limited participant in practice thus far so we're gonna to need to monitor his status, but we do know that Mark Ingram is fully healthy, fully available to play in in the in the event that Kamara uh, is unavailable yet again. Uh, and it's not really the best matchup. Dallas ranks 13th in rushing yards allowed per game, so i'll ask you this if alvin kamara does get the nod he starts this game what are you doing with mark ingram in your in your lineup if you roster him i'm
1: not starting
0: him um is this the first
1: no they had one week where they both were there and it was ingram's first week and i don't think ingram did too much um i i don't ingram is talented if he gets the workload of an rb1 but i don't think that he has much fantasy value if kamara's there that's just my opinion i, I kamara no, is i think versatile. that makes
0: sense. I think that makes sense. Ingram, yeah, we saw Ingram involved in the passing game a little bit more than you would have expected in that first week when he was with the team. Yeah. But I think that I think you're right. I mean, assuming that Camara becomes a full participant by Thursday, it's just an issue of, you know, being on a short week that they don't really practice as much as a normal week. So most of the time it's more of a, a speculation of how their uh practice participation would look like. Yeah. So it's something to monitor, and I think if I think Kamara is unavailable, I think you feel pretty confident at, yeah. you know, flexing Ingram. Or... I agree. Yeah, so uh, just something to watch for moving into Thursday. Hopefully there's uh, some clarity on that moving forward. Speaking of clarity, let's talk about this. Um, the only player that has been ruled out for the Cowboys has surprisingly Cedric Wilson, huh. and that means that, you know... Uh, assuming nothing goes wrong between now and thursday night that cd lamb and amari cooper will be back and that's great news for dak oh for sure it's going to give him more
1: options and uh help this offense i mean they weren't struggling offensively uh even without lamb and cooper against the Ra- uh, the raiders they just couldn't pull out the win um but yeah it'll definitely help this offense to have uh almost all of their weapons healthy and ready to go
0: Yeah, and then let's talk a little bit about Zeke. Um, I don't want to. uh, (laughs) Well, like we talked about with Chuba Hubbard coming up, New Orleans ranks third in rushing yards allowed per game. So what's your confidence level in Zeke? It's
1: confident enough, Um, I guess. I mean, you're
0: obviously starting him. But I think, you know, is is he more of an RB2 in your eyes right now? Yeah, I guess.
1: Um, I feel like that's a fairer ranking for him at one point i almost because we start so many players i was like do i start zeke and pollard but uh no i don't think i can ever bring myself to rely on pollard uh even though he's getting more and more involved all and it's so strange with zeke they're saying that they were potentially gonna rest him for a week or two um i think because of his knee that was re-aggravated against the chiefs and then now he's a full participant in practice so that didn't go anywhere um, I almost would have preferred him being gone, just resting him, so he could get back to full health, and then Pollard could just feast. Um, sure, for the opportunity of clarity, I really do think yeah. he would. But uh, you know, kind of worst case scenario is their version of resting Zeke is getting Pollard more involved because that just hurts both of their fantasy values. But again, like I'm not benching yeah. Zeke, and I, I don't think I can bring myself to start Pollard. I need another week where he somehow has enough standalone value, which is just weird to talk, think about because you never start two people from the same backfield, but this is almost the backfield that uh, has the highest chance of allowing that to happen.
0: Yeah, probably the only team that you're able to get away with that is the the Broncos. Yes, that is true, and yeah, we'll talk about them later. <laughs> All right, well, let's move on to our first Sunday matchup, which is the Colts against the Texans and i don't have a lot here to say really i mean with the colts i think that it's going to be a big jonathan taylor game yeah. uh, the texans' run defense is i mean the te- texans defense overall is not that great so i think it's going to be a big jonathan taylor game and i think i think michael pittens is the only the only pass catcher that you're buying i don't think or relying on i don't think you know jack doyle blew up last week but you don't really feel great about that he hasn't done much outside of that la- th- this season Yeah, Um, and if you're wide receiver, I don't even remember their name but they
1: had like one 60 plus yard receiving touchdown obviously you're not buying that that was his only catch but just another uh, factor that took away from Pittman last week so I do buy that Pittman would bounce back
0: yeah, and, and he's been and he's been struggling back to back, single digit fantasy scoring weeks. But you have to keep in mind the opponents were there were Buffalo and Tampa Bay. I mean, those are two those are two competent defenses and I think it's a good opportunity for him to bounce back this week.
1: Yeah, going into week eleven, I probably would have said maybe sell high on Pittman if you could. And if your trade window's still open, I would say buy low on Pittman right now, which is interesting. Um, but that just shows how uh just how his scoring has gone uh compared to his actual talent and outlook for the rest of the season.
0: Yeah, agreed there. Um, and then with the Texans, I think you know, you're know you starting Brandon Cooks, and I think that's it, really. Uh, you're, you don't trust any of the running backs. <laughs> you don't you're, trust Burkhead,
1: ter- Mr. Patriots fan? <laughs>
0: <laughs> hey, it, Bill Belichick can make him a player that's relevant. Uh, the coach for the Texans who I'm drawing a blank on right now, I don't, I don't buy it. That says enough, though, that you're drawing <laughs> yeah. a blank on it. Yeah, yeah, but uh, either way, uh, to Rod Taylor, I don't think I think there are better streaming options than To Rod Taylor. The Colts defense has actually been pretty competitive, yeah. Uh, so I don't feel great about that. I, I think it really is just Brandon Cooks, and and you know if you don't have him, then just fade all other Texans. Agreed, agreed. All right, let's move on to the Vikings at the Lions, and uh, pretty much the way that I'm going to break down this game is. I'm just going to look at how they performed the last time they played each other, which was in week five. Mm-hmm. So Kirk Cousins finished with 13.4 fantasy points. He's been very up and down thus far. Do you expect him to perform better this time? He only got one passing touchdown and one turnover last time they played. Um, I mean, well, I know we're about to go into Alex-
1: Alexander Madison stats. I think that, you know, if Madison has Madison has another day like that, Kirk Cousins might not have to do anything. And that's what's interesting about this matchup against like uh, teams of the Lions caliber. Um, it's like if they are successful on the ground, uh, Kirk Cousins might not have to do anything, and that's not good for fantasy, even if they got an easy win. So I, I don't think that he's going to be forced into passing,
0: so I don't think you actually feel that great about this matchup. Well, I mean, he did, he did still have 275 passing yards. It wasn't yeah. an issue of that. He had 34 pass attempts, but it was more that, you know, he didn't really capitalize on any scores. He got one touchdown that game. I, I don't, I'm not saying I don't think that this is a bad matchup. I think it's
1: just not as, it's deceptively not as good as you probably think it is. I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah,
0: maybe, maybe similar to Carson Wentz against Houston.
1: Yeah, I mean, just with how, like, the game script is probably going to work.
0: Yeah, okay, I can see that. And yeah, since you mentioned it, Alexander Madison, he twenty five carries, one hundred and thirteen yards, as well as seven catches for forty yards and a touchdown. Uh, he finishes twenty six point three fantasy points back in week five. Uh, obviously, it's a great matchup, and we have the we have the precedent to show what he's capable of against Alliance Lions defense. So I think you know, obviously, he's a must start. And you feel good about him if you picked him up off the of waivers this week in case he was uh, not rostered in your league already. Yeah, I actually drafted him without Cook, dropped him, picked him back up the next week, then
1: traded for Cook. So he's been on my roster for a while, and I'm glad I have him uh, for sure. I, I, And just for example, you were saying Zeke's an RB2. I would say I do feel more confident about Madison than
0: Zeke, uh, very clearly. Yeah. And that's my I think that's fair. Netflix. I think that's fair, not only because of the matchup, but just because of the amount of volume that he's getting.
1: Yeah, and I will say I read something, and I don't know why it's just speaking to me that Ken A in Wangwu or however you pronounce his name been there for four weeks. Apparently, he's like a very athletic speedster. Uh, if he somehow vultures some touchdowns, um, I, I don't say I don't think it's likely, but uh, I'm just gonna put that in here right now just in case it happens.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean I, that guy is rostered in less than one percent of leagues. I think you said so. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, if that's the case, you got to live with it because that's a very that seems like a very unlikely outcome in my opinion. Yeah,
1: certainly not starting him, but I've heard people talk about his athletic talent and just read something. I think Mike Zimmer was saying he will be involved. Obviously, Alexander Madison's gonna have a ton of volume, so you're not worried about him at all. But uh, that would definitely be annoying. Just like last week, me starting Cook, Madison ran at a touchdown, and it showed the Dalvin Cook graphic. Like uh, I don't want that to happen again for this Vikings backfield.
0: <laughs> all right. Um... All right, so I I skipped over Justin Jefferson because obviously he's, you know, he's a must-start talent and he's been extremely great this uh, this season. He had a great game against the Lions back in Week 5, but Adam Thielen had two catches on three targets for 40 yards, finishing with six fantasy points. And every other game this season, he's had at least seven targets. Do you think that this is the outlier or is there something more, is there more to this than, than, like, you feel confident about him or not this week? again this is similar to what we were saying about kirk cousins i think this is probably more of a game script issue
1: um i mean jefferson's gonna get his volume no matter what and Thielen could be you know kind of left out dry but i do think this is more likely an outlier um you know i don't know how he's done the past few weeks but i think he has become more consistent and less touchdown dependent um and i do expect that to continue uh if this is passing game is working um, but I mean, he might be touchdown dependent in this game, but I, I, you're still you're you can't bench him. You can't bench him in this game.
0: I don't yeah, I wouldn't. Gonna... I wouldn't really be scared of the matchup because I think that you know Detroit is a really bad defense. I think that what what it really comes down to is that back in week five he just got unlucky. He didn't get targeted a lot and and therefore didn't have the opportunity to perform. I think he yeah. has a better chance this week just That's... based on. You know, just based on his track record this season.
1: It's a divisional matchup, uh, you know, at the team stadium that is probably not the favorite <laughs> at all. Um, so, you know, anything can happen. Um, but yeah, I think you started him. I will, I, I want to say this real quick, because you're talking about Adams, Devontae Adams' uh, draft position next year. Is is Justin Jefferson, if Aaron Rodgers was to leave, is Justin Jefferson a guy that you would easily
0: draft over Devontae Adams? Um, I would definitely consider it, yeah. I mean, I th- obviously, I like Kirk Cousins more than Jordan Love from that perspective. And I think that, you know, what Justin Jefferson has been able to do in his short time in the league has been really impressive.
1: Yeah. I, I just remember thinking back about, like, drafting wide receivers and, like, A.J. Brown, DK Metcalf, and Justin Jefferson are all together. And, man, if you had to make that decision and you didn't pick Jefferson, you'd probably kick in
0: yourself, especially if you kicked,
1: uh, picked Brown. But uh, it's just crazy. That shows you how anything can happen.
0: Yeah, uh, let's move on to the Lions side. And obviously, DeAndre Swift is a is a very big loss for that team. Um, he's really the most reliable player, uh, week in and week out. Obviously, Hawkinson, you're still starting him if you if you roster him because of the you know how the tight end position works and how how shallow that talent pool is. But uh, what are your expectations for Jamal Williams uh, getting the starting role? I think you can start him with confidence, at
1: least at a flex. I know a lot of people are probably in a position where he could be their RB2 pretty safely. Um, I mean, he's very talented. I mean, he's, you know, there's a reason why uh, the coaching staff for Green Bay the past few years, I don't know if it's switched or not, but they weren't freeing Aaron Jones. It's because, you know, Jamal Williams had the talent. So, and he's shown that, I think week one, he had a great week uh, this season. So, I I do expect him to be able to take on this role and be successful in it. Swift is a very unique player, but I think Jamal Williams uh, is versatile enough to uh, kind of be their sole option other than Hawkinson, I guess, in that offense.
0: Yeah, and the other thing to note is that Minnesota ranks 30th in rushing yards allowed per game, so that is a great matchup uh, with Jamal Williams. My only concern is that you may see some of those other uh, Detroit running backs kind of Sneak in some touches like they have in the past. Um, you know, I'm thinking of. Gosh, I, I'm really bad at these names. One of them was. Uh, I don't. Remember. I want to say Henderson something.
1: Henderson,
0: I don't remember. Hold on, hold on. Let me figure this out. Uh, we'll, Jamar we'll...
1: Jefferson sticking out of my mind, but Jamar I could be Jefferson. a different team. Okay. Uh, no, no, no. That's
0: right. Yes. So there's players like that that are like kind of sneaking touches. Into this thing. Yeah. So, you know, maybe don't. Uh, I don't know. It's a good matchup. I think it may be a little bit more of a committee than a full workload for Jamal. Uh, but I still think he gets most of the touches. And I think given the matchup, you feel pretty good about it. Agreed. Agreed. All right, let's talk about Giants Dolphins. So it's pretty much official that Mike Glennon is going to be the starter for the Giants. Uh, Daniel Jones is week to week with a next strain. And Miami is sneakily the fifth ranked defense in fantasy. And they've been playing much better as of late. They have allowed 10 points or fewer in three of their last four games. Now, it is important to note that three of those games are, or here's, the, here's their last four matchups. Houston, Baltimore, Jets, and Carolina. So the three that stand out there are Houston, Jets, and Carolina as being, you know, kind of uh, suboptimal offenses, but Baltimore's yeah. in there, too. Here's my, here's my thing. I think you're still starting Saquon, because you pretty much have to, but is there anyone else that you're starting?
1: Not with confidence. No, I don't think so. And I guess, I mean, yeah, you definitely have to start Saquon. Uh, I don't know if you're extremely confident, especially if you drafted him, like, in the first round and what you're getting out of him, but uh, you're still starting him. But anybody else? Uh, there's... There's too many. I mean, Galladay's healthy. Kadarius Tony's probably going to play. Sterling Shepard, uh, Darius Slayton, Evan Ingram. Like these are a bunch of names that have had their own big weeks on their own. And I, with Mike Glennon at quarterback, I don't know how you can pick one of them and be like, that's
0: the guy this week. I'm confident with him. <laughs> yeah, I think it's. I think honestly, the the biggest takeaway is start the Dolphins defense this week. Yeah, I agree. Uh, speaking of Dolphins, Miles Gaskin, he finally did it he finally broke the even odd pattern
1: we're gonna have to analyze his his
0: performance it's crazy oh no well (laughs) here's something here's something to consider and i I did want to talk about this that so Miles gaskin had 16 carries for 49 yards it's not pretty inefficient yeah yeah not the best uh but he was able to find the end zone twice and had two catches for three yards finishing with 19.2 fantasy points uh, it's a good matchup this week. The Giants rank 26 in rushing yards allowed per game. Uh, but here's the thing: Philip Lindsay was on the Dolphins, picked up by the Dolphins, and about five minutes later, they started him, and or at least put him on the field and gave him 12 carries, four fewer than Miles Gaskin. So, what do and you it make was of that? Slightly more efficient too.
1: I, I I think that that is
0: concerning for
1: people that have Gaskin. To be honest, I mean he broke the streak his even odd pattern. So that's that's uh very relieving for people that have him, but Philip Lindsay, I'm a very, I'm a believer in Philip Lindsay. I think he's very talented, um, and yeah, that would concern me what his role is in this offense, especially with how quick they just threw him out there. Uh, that would concern me. I agree.
0: Yeah, I but it is important to note, like this is the first time that Gaskin had consecutive games of more than 15 fantasy points in the entire season, and then that came in weeks 11 and 12. So. This is the guy that, you know, we've been talking about all year about being really inconsistent. If there's any chance that he is able to maintain that, I think it's going to have to come from, you know, continuing to get touchdowns and uh, fighting off, uh, you know, other running backs like Philip Lindsey or, you know, Malcolm Brown, who will be coming back at some point this season. So, Yeah, I you know, mean, fortunately,
1: the... I feel like Lindsay probably isn't a goal-line running back threat to him. Um, I don't know what the yardage was on his two rushing touchdowns that Gaskin had last week, but I don't think, I don't, Lindsay can break away and get like a nice 15-yard run, you know, when they're just inside the red zone, that could definitely vulture from him. but as far as the goal line, I don't think Lindsay's the guy they're going with, so I think that makes you feel better for Gaskin, but I don't know, that stat line for Gaskin is deceptive when you look at that fantasy point total, I would say. Oh,
0: yeah, absolutely. If you take away those two touchdowns, it's a very different day. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't yeah. know
1: how fluky they were or not, but uh, you know, I don't, you can't rely on him getting those two touchdowns every
0: week. Right. So we need to see more uh, efficiency, and you know, if the usage is going to be split like this, it's a, it's a little concerning moving forward. So Thank something me. to keep in mind. All right, let's talk about Buccaneers against the Falcons. This is one of my favorite matchups to talk about because, as you know, we talked about it last time they played. One of the best Super Bowl comebacks of all time. (laughs) Tom Brady. Not the Bucks, but Tom Brady. Anyway, um, let's talk about Week 12 for a moment. In a game where Tampa Bay scored 38 points, it was a garbage fantasy day for anyone not named Leonard Fournette or Rob Gronkowski. Tom Brady finished with 12.2 fantasy points. He has scored fewer than 20 fantasy points in three games. Here's the only thing I'm banking on. He threw five touchdowns against Atlanta in week two. I think that, you know, if 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 there's going to be a week where he bounces back and starts playing more like Tom Brady and, in, in all capital letters, I think it's this week.
1: Yeah. I mean, uh, your analysis is what's most interesting to me because, I mean, you roster him and you're a big Brady fan. So um, I do think that's true. I don't – who did they play? They played the Colts last week and then the week before Washington. So – Right, so that's very interesting yeah. that he struggled he, against an easy pass defense
0: I, I, and a middle of the road defense. He's just been in a slump, it feels like, since the buy. So they I, played. You're also gonna think like
1: fantasy wise before this season, like past uh, multiple seasons in the prior years, he has not been a very reliable fantasy option like he has been this year. So it, it, it's strange. Uh, I to think say he's that in a comes, slump, but.
0: but I think that comes more from how much. New England ran the football. That's true. I mean, we've seen it. We've seen it this year with how Damien Harris and and you know Ramondre Stevenson recently has been used. I mean that that is a running like that's the that is the key aspect of their offense is, is controlling the game through the run. That's fair. So uh, I think since he's been at Tampa Bay, Tom Brady has been airing it out more. And we I mean we've talked about earlier this season how he broke a record for his career. <laughs> of uh, completion percentage with a certain number of completions or a certain number of pass attempts. (laughs) So yeah. And, and the fact that Leonard Fournette finished with four total touchdowns, three on the ground and one through the air. I mean, you can't bank on that certainly. And I think that uh, they're going to be without Antonio Brown again. So it's a good opportunity for Godwin and, uh, and Mike Evans. So, and obviously Gronkowski's looking good. So I think I think they I think he bounces back this week. I'm not he's still gonna be I think a top five quarterback uh, in a one quarterback league and yeah, I, I think that I think it's I think it's about time that they turn things around.
1: I do agree. I mean Washington in week eleven Washington's really turned themselves around and we'll talk about them later. Week but, ten. Uh, week ten. Okay. Yeah, but they've really New turned themselves around since uh, they came off by, which I think week ten was their first week back um yes and you know
0: when fournette has a day like that you can't get Brady too hard of a time (laughs) no I get it but I'm just like from watching the game he seems he seems a little off and like Mm -hmm. some of the some of the like inaccurate passes and I don't know I I just I think he I no it's certainly not so I think this week he bounces back against Atlanta we've we've been talking about him too long but I could talk about him all day so uh (laughs) Oh, on the side of the Falcons, Cordell Patterson, he came back, had a huge game, 16 carries, 108 yards, two rushing touchdowns, as well as two catches for 27 yards. He is versatile enough in the receiving game that, you know, we talked about how Tampa Bay is a great run defense. Uh, The matchup doesn't scare me because he can can go off for 8 to to 10 catches and I wouldn't blink an eye.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's the only one, uh, I mean, Pitts really hasn't capitalized on... Ridley's absence for fantasy purposes so Patterson's not consistently yeah, yeah not consistently he's the only must star in this offense I mean Russell Gage had a good week last week which means he'll probably get zero targets this week
0: um, <laughs> yeah that just sounds and, bad. and yeah and yeah I, I think that that's I think that's completely fair to say <laughs> so uh, let, let's move on let's talk about the Eagles at the Jets uh, with the Eagles Jalen Hurts man what a stinker Uh, 6.86 fantasy points, he had 3 interceptions, only 14 completions. The only thing that kept him afloat was 8 rushes for 77 yards. I think, you know, his fantasy success, he's he's QB5 in our scoring format, which is 6-point passing touchdowns, and he hasn't had a lot of passing touchdowns, so that really hasn't helped him. But his success has been unconventional all season long. The Jets are... You know, just bottom of the barrel in defensive categories. 31st in total yards allowed and 32nd in points allowed per game. So I, I kind of expect him to bounce back just because they're playing the Jets. Do you, do you agree or disagree?
1: I agree. Um, he's so weird. He's ranked so high for the position-making fantasy. He's somehow a quarterback that's rushing touchdown dependent. I, 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 that's what it feels <laughs> like. He's so strange. I know that one of those, one of those interceptions was just like, a, a, you know, a, I saw it. It was just like you know a failed attempt because there was zero seconds on the clock at the end of the half. So, mm-hmm. I mean, you don't feel, you don't think that that's
0: okay. So take, so take one of those away, and now he has but eight point eight six points still against the a Giants. Horrible day. Yeah. Right. Agreed. He's been under two hundred passing yards in five straight games. Oh,
1: so I, I hate on him every week. So <laughs> there you
0: go. Yeah, yeah. He's he's got a, he's got a long way to develop, I think, as a quarterback. Um, and let's, let's quickly talk about this, the running back situation at the oh Eagles. God. I I know it's, it's ugly, but we got to talk about it. Boston Scott, he led the team in rushing or led the team in rushes with 15 carries for 64 yards and a touchdown, uh, two catches for eight yards. Miles Sanders, a much more efficient nine carries for 64 yards. Uh, and then Kenneth Gainwell, three catches for 32 yards, no rushing attempts, uh, who are you starting in this backfield with confidence?
1: None of them. I guess I would say Sanders if I had to pick one, but I'm not wanting to touch this offense. I mean, you're starting Hurts if you have him, but honestly, I could almost argue, I mean, the Jets will rival them, and we'll talk about them next, but this is one of the most disgusting offenses. Um, (laughs) Well, I mean, I guess, I mean, the Texans are bad too, but what's weird about the Eagles is like, you're rostering, a decent number of people, but you don't feel great about them. They're not droppable, but they're really weird to have to
0: pick. It's if like, they need to play. Yeah, it's like the opposite of the Texans, where you're only rostering really Brandon Cooks. Yeah,
1: yeah, that's true.
0: Yeah, I so I mean, if you're gonna rank them, I think uh, you like Sanders more. I think I'm gonna, I gotta go with Boston Scott for this uh, matchup just based on the usage. So I would, I would rank him Scott, Sanders, and then Gainwell last. I think Gainwell is, uh, I mean, no, he not. didn't get a single rush attempt. I think he's, you know, yeah, they. I don't think he had a touch until, like, the fourth quarter. Um, the decline like of Gainwell is so weird. Yeah, one of their final drives is where he really got involved. So yeah, go, go. I think...
1: I was just going to say move on to the Jets and talk about your favorite quarterback in the league.
0: Yeah, talking about somebody who needs to develop or maybe just... <sighs> Like hang it up, Zach Wilson stinks. Yeah, uh, nice little uh, rushing he's... touchdown. Did you see that? <laughs> no, I, I don't. I no, I'm not. <laughs> I just. I, okay, let me let me let me gather my thoughts for a second here. Okay, so there are a lot of games left to be played. We've got thirteen weeks, thirteen through eighteen. But I want to tell you this: Baker Mayfield set the record for. Rookie passing touchdowns with 24. Zach Wilson has four. <laughs> he has, has four. been injured
1: a bit, but no, that's no excuse still.
0: Yeah, he has missed four games, but he has four touchdowns in eight games played. I'm, I'm just no, trying sorry, to think. Sorry, seven in, games played. In my entire Seven time games of... played, four passing touchdowns.
1: I'm just trying to think my entire time doing fantasy if the Jets have
0: ever made the playoffs. I don't think so. It's so weird. But well, yeah. Um, so I'm just gonna ask you this: Who has the most upside? And and it's relative, obviously, because we're talking about the Jets. But who has the most upside on this roster? And how confident are you in starting them?
1: <sighs> I think when Michael Carter comes back, I'd say him. Elijah Moore seems like the easiest choice, but he's most the most susceptible to Zach Wilson struggling uh Tevin Coleman's getting the
0: workload uh, and you gotta also keep in mind we haven't really seen him much lately but Corey Davis too oh uh, yeah and then Jamison Crowder still exists Does oh, he like, though? he only got a catch last week
1: yeah I guess not not with Elijah Moore doing as well as he is and Davis coming back I guess I guess Elijah Moore but cuz I'm not gonna try and say it's Tevin Coleman but I think he's much less susceptible to Zach Wilson being awful I don't know.
0: This is not a good so team. So your confidence... <laughs> right, that is the takeaway here, but your confidence in starting Elijah more then?
1: What would it be? I mean, in our league where we have to start four flexes, I think you probably have to. No, 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 to. no.
0: Standard league. Standard, standard league? league? Ten team, ten, standard 10-team ten league. I think you gotta have three wide receivers better than him. <laughs> okay, enough
1: said there. Uh, I mean, uh, right. until... He hasn't I, had I a single think, game I, this season of Zach Wilson giving him the necessary production that he had whenever. Yeah, you
0: know. I don't I don't think you're wrong. I think that having you know, I think it's very likely you have two wide receivers and a flex that you feel better about than Elijah Mitchell. Uh or Elijah Moore. Sorry, I always get those two mixed up. Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree. I mean, as long as Zach Wilson's the quarterback, I, this this uh, this offense is a dumpster fire. So I'm going to continue to say that until they make a change at quarterback.
1: Yeah. It's or Zach Wilson
0: improves somehow. <laughs> but four passing touchdowns in seven games played. It's awful. Woof. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about Cardinals and the Bears uh, before Carson takes over here. So with the Cardinals, Cliff Kingsbury is hopeful that Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins will be available for Sunday, Uh, continue to monitor these statuses. Uh, Are are you feeling, like, what's your confidence level? And I know I keep going back to that, but how are you feeling about Kyler Murray if he starts?
1: I feel good about him. I trust in Kyler. I do. Um, Yeah, I I think that's enough said. I'm, I'm starting him without question, obviously, if he's healthy.
0: Okay. Um, I think that, yeah, I, maybe, okay, well, how about this? If you had Taysom Hill, would you roll the dice on him or would you go with Murray? Assuming like, assuming you know that Murray is healthy to play. Yeah, I'm in a good position in our league right now
1: to where I don't think I need to be making those moves. But if I was needing a win this week and, you know, Kyler's questionable and Taysom plays on Thursday, I I might have, if I was in that position, I might have done it.
0: Okay, I think that's something to consider for people that are yeah. in a similar position. So, yeah. um, James Conner, obviously a good matchup. Chicago ranks 22nd in rushing yards allowed per game. So, you like him. And if Hopkins so Edmonds plays, is still he, out, right? Sorry. Yes. yes Why? Well, I'm
1: surprised that Conner had like a discount on his DFS price. I was wondering if anything else was
0: going on. But no, not really. Yeah, um, I just don't think he did a whole lot last year last time. Um fine. okay. Um uh let's talk about the Bears. So, no official status on who will be starting at quarterback yet, but it's looking more likely that Andy Dalton will be the starter. Uh Fields has, you know, fractured ribs, so that's kind of a risky venture at quarterback. You know, you can take some unexpected hits, and then that can worsen an injury, maybe result in a punctured lung. Mm-hmm. So th- there's some serious risk involved there, and I think, you know, him being a rookie, it's probably in their best interest for him to heal up. Yeah. Andy Dalton was not, was not horrible against the Lions. You know, they got the win, but it was the Lions at last week. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, we talked about David Montgomery. He, you know, he's getting the workload, but he's still touchdown dependent. Seventeen carries for forty-six yards. You don't love that, and uh, three catches for twenty-eight yards. Uh, and Arizona's pretty much right in the middle against uh, running backs. So, uh, kind of a kind of an RB two with, you know, depending on if he gets a touchdown, then he has a little bit more upside. But uh, not much else you can say about that. Uh, someone I am feeling a little bit better about is Darnell Mooney, who's. Back-to-back weeks with 100 plus receiving yards. He's got 24 combined targets in his past two games, and I know that makes you that gives you a bit of excitement and uh, yeah. and double-digit fantasy scoring in four straight games. So I think you can feel good about Darnell Mooney in this matchup.
1: Yeah, I agree. I mean, he's had interesting stat lines for those 24 targets, but um, it's weird. It's like his stat lines make it seem like he's a big play wide receiver.
0: But he's getting the targets like he's like a Cole Beasley type. <laughs> so it's interesting. Yeah, I mean, it's 10 catches on 24 targets in his past two games. so Which is it's very low. L- yeah, it's not efficient, but he is getting yards. So, he's gaining the looks, uh, and that's what matters. In my heart. Yeah, to some extent, to some extent. <laughs> he's got to deliver on those. But yeah, yeah. he has so far. Yep. Yeah.
1: All right, Are we ready to move on? Yeah, let's do it. All right, Chargers bangles this should be an interesting one uh bangles coming off of a dominating win against the steelers and the charters coming off of a somewhat surprising loss against my broncos <laughs> my broncos lol um justin herbert i mean this is one of his f- few mediocre games because he's been very boomer bust like he's gone from like 11 points to 50 um but do you think that most fantasy managers that roster
0: him probably have to start him yeah i think so i mean and honestly i don't think you feel too bad about it because i think that if anything i you know the the whole reason that the whole reason that uh pittsburgh struggled to put up points against cincinnati was because ben roethlisberger is done like he is washed it's over uh, yeah i think he i think he it's in his best interest that he retires uh this or i guess not his best interest but the franchise's best interest that he retires this this, uh, this offseason.
1: Yeah, probably would
0: have been ideal um, if they got a rookie this year. But, uh, I mean, obviously they're not disappointed
1: that they have Najee, but just spanning it for a quarterback is probably what they're going to have to do next draft.
0: Um. Yeah, yeah, maybe so. I'll ask you uh, this. Here's, here, I, I was ahead. just going to say, yeah, I mean, I like, I like Justin Herbert's receiving threats a lot more than uh, Pittsburgh's, and from yeah. that perspective, I like Herbert this week. Uh, I think I think this is going to be a good game for Herbert.
1: Yeah, um, I mean, here's an example. Our dad has
0: Herbert and Burrow. Who would you pick for this week? It's funny that they're facing each other. Um, Joe Burrow's been kind of, you know, he's been kind of struggling lately, and I think that uh, the Chargers' defense doesn't scare you. Yeah. It's it's definitely a tough call because it could go either way. Um, if I had to pick one, I would say. I'm gonna give the edge to Burrow because he's at home.
1: Okay, I think that's fair. Yeah, it's definitely an interesting choice you have to make, though. Um,
0: this Bengal defense though does rank 25th. Actually, in I'm approach. gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go back on that because okay. I think here's, here's what I'm thinking. Um, so the Bengals have been relying on Joe Mixon a lot lately, and if there's one thing we know, it's that you can run on, on that's true. L.A. You can run on the Chargers. That's right. So, so that may actually limit Joe Burrow's upside, and I think that that might allow Herbert to be a little bit more involved in the passing game because that's agree. not really their, you know, Eckler's more of a, you know, he's dual threat, but I think he's, he's definitely not going to pound it like they have been with Mixon. So I'm going to give the edge to Herbert this week.
1: Yeah, I do actually agree with that. I mean, this Bengals defense ranks 25th in passing yards against, what, whereas Charge defense ranks 5th. So, I think you do have to play Her- Herbert here, but it, it's an interesting decision that uh, our dad will have to make. We'll see if he listens. Um, <laughs> rest of this Chargers team, I mean, Eckler and Allen have proven themselves. You're starting them with confidence. Mike Williams, though, clearly has taken the backseat to Keenan Allen, and I think he had the same amount of targets as Austin Eckler. It almost feels like Eckler is the wide receiver, too, in this offense. <laughs> um, Mike Williams had 7.9 fantasy points. I don't. He hasn't had, other than, I think, week 11, I think he had 20 or Maybe it was week 10. But before that, it had been so a long streak of single-digit games. Do you think that Williams is a boom, flex play at best?
0: Uh, here's Here st- are his stats. In week 6, 4.7 points. Week 7, a bye. Week 8, 3.9. Week 9, 7.8. Week 10, 7.3. <sighs> week 11, 20.7. Week 12, 7.9. Honestly... If you have him, I think you, uh, it's kind of a, it's kind of a, if you feel lucky, because the last, the last uh, six games would indicate that he's going to be a single digit scorer again.
1: Yeah. Um, What's interesting about him too, is that you most likely do have better options than him because he was a late round flyer that boomed for you um this isn't someone that is underperforming it's someone who was overperforming so you probably do have better options that are safer so it's definitely interesting it'll probably be dependent on you know injuries or just your other options but uh he's been very weird to see him just
0: boom and then fall off yeah something that is interesting to note here um is that i'm looking at his game log obviously and Every game that he scored a touchdown, he scored over 20 fantasy points. Every game that he did not score a touchdown, under 10. Yeah. So if he gets in the end zone, uh, I think he's going to have a good game. And if he doesn't, then I think he's going to stink. So I know that's not really helpful in the moment when you're making a decision, but I think based on how he's performed lately, you're better off keeping him on your bench.
1: Yeah, I do agree. It's a tough call, and just to have to watch that him boom on your bench, potentially, but you might have to do it just because he's not reliable. I'll move on to the Bengals. We already talked about Joe Burrow a bit. Um, Ever since the bye in Week 10, he's kind of struggled, but, again, this is game script against the Steelers because Joe Mixon uh, boomed. He's a high-end RB1 rest of the season, in my opinion. 28 carries for 165 yards and two touchdowns and four receptions for negative two yards. Did you see the play where, like, uh, Burrow threw a pick, quote-unquote, and then Mixon just snagged it back from the defensive
0: player as he was bobbling it? <laughs> uh, I think I did, yeah. Um, uh, pr- pretty much what's happening is Joe Mixon's just doing it all, because yeah. we've seen kind of Jamar Chase come back to earth, and uh, you know, other route receivers, like, I mean, T. Higgins had a great game last week, but, you know, he's been kind of up or down, and, and Tyler Boyd is pretty much untouchable. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, Mixon's kind of just doing it all for him right now.
1: Yeah, and I think that most people would rank Jonathan Taylor as the RB1 this week, but uh, the RB2 and 3, as far as fantasy is concerned, could be Eckler and Mixon, so this should be interesting to see how this game unfolds. Uh, Jamar Chase, though, we'll talk about the pass catchers for the Bengals. Jamar Chase has kind of dropped off since Week 8. He hasn't scored higher than 13.1. Only saw three targets against the Steelers, but again, it's probably because of the success of Joe Mixon but uh T Higgins found a way to have six receptions for 114 yards and a touchdown. Uh we don't need to talk about Tyler Boyd. He's just he's even worse than Mike Williams as being someone that's unreliable that can be good. Yeah, like um, like I said, untouchable. Yeah. Um do you think that? I mean, you're you're buying Chase. You're not you're not leaving him. I wouldn't think. Um I think this is purely game script. It's interesting that he hasn't really boomed in a long time, but I think you still trust him. But do you think T. Higgins is reliable after this performance
0: as a flex play? Um, I'm not going to count on him for this kind of stat line week in, week out, but I think that he's good for, you know, probably 12 plus. I mean, I'll look at what he's averaging. I think it's around there probably, maybe 12 and a half. uh, 13, yeah. So I think he's probably good for, you know, low teens and if he catches a touchdown then obviously higher yeah this should be a very interesting game i think uh, we can move on to jaguars rams which
1: i mean you never know but probably won't be as interesting of a game uh james robinson i would say is a high-end rb2 um he's definitely found success when he has a touchdown so he's somewhat td dependent but with him being one of the only options of this offense you can kind of rely on that uh, pretty safely Uh, But this was his first double-digit fantasy scoring game without a touchdown, which is interesting. Uh, Dan Arnold was placed on IR. Uh, So I guess I'll ask (laughs) you, do you think that Marvin Jones or my boy LaVisca Chenault could have any relevance whatsoever in Dan Arnold's absence, which I think could be four to six weeks?
0: Yeah, it's likely, or uh, it's a possibility that Dan Arnold's season is over with his injury. But yeah, uh, Marvin Jones or LaVisca Chanel, honestly, like, uh, I'm not going to say there's no chance because they have to throw the ball to somebody. But (laughs) I honestly, I'm not rushing out to start either of these guys. I want to wait and see what they do. But you may not be in that kind of uh, position to take that, you know, take that risk of having one of these guys on your bench.
1: Yeah, I mean, Levisca Chenault didn't have a horrible week last week. I mean, it's pretty a low bar. He, him or Jones haven't had a double-digit game, and uh, I think since they played Miami and London. Um, so that's <laughs> That was a while ago. That was yeah. a while ago. Um, and this Jaguars offense, most likely won't be successful against the Rams defense, but uh, I think you can, you're can. probably going to have to start Robinson, and he'll probably do fine for you, but that's probably all you can do with this Jaguars offense. Uh, we can move on to the Rams of uh, much more options, fancy wise Matthew Stafford had his first three-passing TD games since Week 8, finishing with 21.98 fantasy points. So I think this is a good matchup for him, and you can trust him to be efficient enough to be startable. Uh, monitor Daryl Henderson's injury status, although I think I heard he was not a participant in practice today. So, uh, I mean, you have him. Do you <laughs> you think that Sony Michel has... Uh, what's
0: his value if Henderson was out? Um, well, I think that the only time we saw Sony Michelle step in for Henderson was back against the Buccaneers, and obviously that's a tough run defense. To I don't know off the top of my head where Jacksonville ranks against the run, but I think that, you know, if that's the case, gosh, it's tough. I mean, we talked about two fantasy-relevant running backs, at least, with uh, the Browns' Uh, backfield being absent this week so you may not have a better uh you may not have a choice really in in starting sony michelle if you're you're out if you're down henderson
1: with injuries and buys it could be a uh sneaky
0: option to go
1: ahead and pick him up right now with henderson uh i guess not looking i don't know we'll see how the week progresses i guess um cooper cup i'll ask you this scored less than 20 fantasy points for the first time since week five are you panicking on cooper cup (laughs) uh no, no. he had 18.6 um that, but that just shows that's a testament to how absurd his season has been this this season um 20 plus fantasy points since week five he's leading like every receiving stat uh, incredible that's all you can really say yeah. about him that's all you can say yeah. about him uh yeah. obj though uh tied for most targets this game with cup at 10 he had five receptions for 81 yards and a touchdown. Um, I'm probably getting a little bit ahead of myself, but do you think OBJ is reliable? Wide receiver two, flex, wide receiver three, anything worth starting in fantasy?
0: Uh, I think he's a wide receiver three. Okay. Um, most of his yards came on one big play last week—a 54-yard touchdown. So uh, without that, his day looks a lot more mundane. Um, yeah. I think that you know you can you can continue to flex him. Uh I think he will emerge at some point in the season ahead of Van Jefferson. But I mean we kinda saw with we kinda saw with uh Robert Woods, you know, his ceiling whenever with with the with the year that Cooper Cup is having, the way that he's being utilized, I think it does kinda limit that second pass catcher in this offense just based on that alone.
1: Yeah, I do agree. Um Van Jefferson had three receptions for ninety three yards and a touchdown 18.3 fantasy points he had nine targets only caught three of them and again kind of like obj his long 79 yard receiving touchdown saved his fantasy day uh do you think there's more to come for jefferson or he's just going to be cut out more and more as obj gets more involved
0: well i think it's i mean it is it is uh positive to look at the amount of targets that he's getting yeah i think that you know obviously he's more familiar with the offense being there longer than obj so I think it'll be a gradual transition uh in terms of their position in the in the depth chart but I mean you got to kind of I think you got to enjoy it while while it lasts with Van Jefferson because you you picked him up whenever uh, likely before or maybe after the Robert Woods news. So uh yeah, just keep rolling with him as long as he's producing and then once he's gone, he's probably gone for good.
1: Yeah, I do agree. Um this should be a good matchup against the Jaguars defense for the Rams offense, uh, especially since they're needing to end their losing streak. I think they've lost three straight. And for a team that's you know signing all these big superstars and uh, they're in a very competitive division, you know there's they have the quality and talent to be a Super Bowl contender, so they need to get uh, they need to get back in a <laughs> back in, in a, a, good a winning a winning form. yes, exactly. Yeah, uh, we can yeah. move on to Washington versus the Raiders. Uh, I actually watched a lot of this Washington Seahawks game because I was, uh, had in the background hoping that McLaurin didn't do too much, and he didn't, so that was good for me. But, uh, I got to see Antonio Gibson absolutely go off with 36 touches, 29 rushes for 111 rushing yards, and 7 receptions for 35 yards. Uh, McKissick actually had both of Washington's touchdowns in Week 12, kind of stole it from Gibson, um, and monitor McKissick's injury status. Uh... But do you think this should reinstill trust in fantasy managers that have Gibson?
0: I don't know. I mean obviously you love to see the amount of usage he was getting. Uh you have to keep in mind that it was Seattle's defense that yeah. was, you know, that hasn't been anything really threatening this year. Uh you mentioned McKissick and I wanna make sure that I don't have something on him because I think I feel like I saw something earlier today or the other day that about his injury status uh, i'm not finding it right now but.
1: i don't know what it was but i swear he was unconscious on the field so yeah, i don't know if it's a head injury or <laughs> it must have been it, i don't know if he actually was unconscious it just looks like he was
0: yeah i'm not sure on that uh, i'm not finding what i'm looking for so we can we can move past that but yeah i think that uh, this is the uh, maybe it's because Antonio Gibson has recovered from his uh, his shin injury from earlier yeah. in the year that he's been dealing with. I think that you know maybe we're seeing a more uh, healthy, a more normal version of Antonio Gibson that we really haven't most of the season. So from that perspective, you feel good about it. Uh, the Raiders' defense is not great. We I mean we watched them in a shootout with the Cowboys on Thanksgiving. So. Yeah. I think there's opportunity for Gibson, and if and if McKissick is unavailable to play, maybe that opens the door for Gibson to get a little bit more uh, involved in the goal line aspect. And uh, I mean, that's that's kind of what you're looking for from your from your RB two or you know where you drafted him I in agreed. the late teens or yeah. in the high teens. I mean, we can uh, move on to the Raiders. I'll just say real quick, I would
1: expect better days ahead for McLaurin, um, but yeah, not an amazing performance for him. Luckily for me. So, we'll move on to the Raiders. Uh, Josh Jacobs, though, had a good performance. 22 carries for 87 yards. And a touchdown and two receptions for 25. I mean, this kind of just fits the narrative that he's a high-floor, low-ceiling RB2. But it's good to see him, you know, get this workload. Uh, but this Washington defense ranks fourth in rushing yards allowed per game at 92.6. So, I mean, I think you're still starting him at least as a flex. He's a safe RB2, I would say. But, I don't know. He's kind of a boring play, but he'll get you what you need. <laughs> That's really all I need to say about him. Uh, Hunter Renfro, very reliable wide receiver to rest of the season, in my opinion. I don't know why he's kind of... I was looking at fantasy pros. He wasn't ranked super highly. I mean, he's ranked as someone you're starting, but uh, he, he had eight receptions for 134 yards and a rush for two yards. Um, I mean, he's just not touchdown dependent, and he's facing a Washington defense that, you know, this Washington team I think is on a four-game winning streak coming out of their bye they're certainly streaking they're certainly streaking they're streaking. streaking them and the dolphins are streaking for sure um but i do think you trust renfro in this matchup because it still probably is a good matchup even if they are kind of uh streaking uh darren wallow though considered week to week do you think that any fantasy relevant pass catchers can emerge in waller's absence on the raiders
0: yeah, I'll say this in a in a league where tight ends are required to be started, I think you can feel pretty good about just sliding in Foster Moreau, who yeah. back in week seven when Darren Waller was absent, uh, he finished with six catches on six targets for sixty receiving yards and a touchdown. So, I think Foster Moreau is a good option to pivot if uh, if you have Darren Waller and or if you're just you know in need of streaming a tight end. But, uh, yeah, I mean, outside of that, uh, not really. Like, any of the other wide receivers, I wouldn't really think so. I mean, we saw Deshaun Jackson do a Deshaun Jackson-type day. Yeah. And, you know, Brian Edwards really hasn't been doing a lot. And and I I don't know. I mean, yeah, I think Foster Moreau is probably the one you feel best about next.
1: I agree. He'll just slide into that role and probably do well. I do think that's true, Um, especially for leagues that you have to start tight end. We we'll move on to the AFC North divisional matchup: Ravens Steelers. Uh, Lamar Jackson on Sunday Night Football threw four interceptions, um, and still won. And I think that's the first time that's happened in quite some time. His rushing floor allows him to be very fantasy reliable. So even though he disappointed you most likely, uh, I mean for sure in his Week Twelve performance, you're still starting him without question. Uh, Devonta Freeman. You know, he's getting the workload that you want to see out of a running back, but Lamar is the RB1 of this offense, and we keep on talking about this Ravens backfield with the same analysis. Freeman had six receptions in Week 11. He kind of needs that to be relevant, and he only had one last week. Um, so I think you can, at best, if you need to start him, hope that he gets in the passing game, involved in the passing game. And other than that, probably not a high chance that he does too well, in my opinion. I think he's still worth rostering, but... <sighs> Just because you know running backs are pretty is a pretty shallow position, but uh, yeah, Lamar is this running back t- the running back on this team as well, which is so makes him such a unique player. Uh, Marquise Brown and Mark Andrews both reliable fancy options, and that's clear. Rashad Bateman, um, I'll ask you, he had four receptions for thirty one yards. Do you expect him to bounce back? I mean, Week Eleven Lamar was out, and last week Lamar threw a bunch of interceptions. Do you, do you expect him to get? back on a more reliable streak like he was going into those two weeks
0: yeah so he was uh he was a double-digit scorer in weeks seven nine and ten and at the eight, the week eight bye so i mean in that time he was getting a good amount of targets he was getting he got only four last week I think that, yeah, I mean, he, he seems talented. He's, I don't know if he's going to, like, necessarily boom anytime soon because of yeah. the other, you know, the pass catchers ahead of him in this offense are certainly more talented at this point in his career. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think he, I think as long as Lamar Jackson is throwing to his team and not the other <laughs> team, Bateman's got a good chance of bouncing back.
1: Agreed. Um, you know, Steelers defense has struggled. You saw what the Bengals did against them, but, you know, it's a divisional matchup afc north is a very <laughs> i guess i can say brutal and cruel division uh, they always have interesting divisional games so uh who knows what could happen in pittsburgh we'll move on to pittsburgh themselves uh naji you know didn't get much done as they were getting massacred by the Bengals, and that's most likely the reason why he wasn't so too involved i also think he left the game briefly um with a concussion i think he's fine for this upcoming week but uh this Ravens defense ranks second in rushing yards allowed per game with only 84.2. I mean, you're still starting Najee, so... I'm saying all that stuff, but you're not benching him if he's healthy, so... I mean, that's really all there is to say. Deontay Johnson... You know, would, I just want to
0: say real quick. What's interesting is that when when uh, Pittsburgh played Cincinnati back in Week 3, that was the week that Najee had 19 targets and 14 <laughs> catches. So I'm kind of surprised that they didn't just repeat that. Yeah, you know? no,
1: that is strange. Uh, I... I that Big Ben wasn't relying on just dump-offs when they were, you know, because I'm sure they were passing a lot, uh, when they were losing that badly. So if, you know, if Ben didn't see what he was wanting to see, just dump it off to
0: Najee. I am surprised that didn't happen more.
1: Yeah. It's definitely strange. uh,
0: Yeah. I, I, but I think, you know, I think you can expect him to bounce back because he's just, he's proven himself this season that he's a very talented RB one. Yep. Deontay Johnson, my
1: favorite player in all of fantasy, 14 targets. Hasn't had a single-digit fantasy game this season. Gotta love that. Um, I didn't even realize. I think he struggled with drops last season. I don't even think I realized that. But I think this season he is the highest-targeted player without a drop, or maybe just one. I don't know. But he's really turned that around. I guess that was a problem for him last season. I love Deontay Johnson. Uh, Chase Claypool, second in targets, <laughs> eight. I had three receptions for 82 yards. Uh, he's reliable he's only eclipsed 20 fantasy points once this season um he hasn't had a day like last season where he absolutely boomed and became the top waiver uh target that one week where he had like three receiving touchdowns or whatever it was but uh i mean he's still reliable roethlisberger has to throw it to somebody and claypool is probably that next guy after johnson um although firemuth has been Consistent still. He's only had one single digit fantasy game since week
0: five, which I think is really impressive. Um Yeah, yeah. so one thing to note about him, he uh Fryermuth is in the concussion protocol currently, so his yeah. status is up in the air as of now.
1: I think you feel even better about Claypool if Fryermouth is out, but I think you're you're starting him <sighs> unless you got really, really good wide receiver depth, you're probably starting Claypool and just have to be fine with it. I think he's got too good of a floor and he does have the talent to boom. It's just, I think Roethlisberger is holding him back more. Deontay Johnson benefits from the fact that, you know, he can just get open and be an easy look for Roethlisberger. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that's all I have to say. We can <laughs> I think move that's on fair. 49 er Seahawks. Uh, Elijah Mitchell, 27 rushes for 133 rushing yards and a touchdown. And he even had five receptions for 35 yards. I think he's a very, very high-end RB2, rest of the season. Um, I mean, he's had, this is not his first game with five rece- receptions, and then he has games with zero. So it's interesting. This The, the 49ers ran the ball an absurd amount of times. Like, uh, I don't have Devo stats because he's actually week to week and almost certainly won't play this week, but I mean, he had one reception. And six rushes for two touchdowns. I mean, Debo... That, Debo was a fantasy wide receiver one, and he had one reception. Like, that, that that's hard to get your mind around that. But that just shows you how this offense works sometimes. And uh, Ayuk, luckily, I think, must have had a deep reception with that stat line. Uh, so he got lucky uh, because this team was just rushing so much. I mean, Ayuk even got a rush. It's really weird the way they run this offense. Uh, but I'll ask you, do you think Iuke is a... Very strong
0: starting option in Debo's absence. I think he is I mean he gets obviously gets a slight improvement in Debo's absence, I I would assume. We saw kind of last season when uh you know, this offense had a lot of time where Ayuk and Debo were not on the field at the same time. So, you know, one guy would one guy would prosper while the other guy wasn't available, and you know, they've played together a lot this year, and we've kind of seen who has uh, benefited from that more, and it's obviously been Debo Samuel. But I think that there's a possibility, you know, a good chance that with Debo being out this week, if he is, that Ayuk is going to be. Uh, I think he's going to step up to the occasion.
1: I agree. Uh, expect George Kittle to bounce back. As I already said, this the, the way this 49ers offense ran uh, I guess ran, yeah, but ran their offense. It was very strange. They ran the ball 39 times, and Garoppolo only completed 17 passes, so, I mean, I just expect Kittle to get more than one reception in the future, and, uh, the Seahawks defense breaks last in total yards against at 399 yards, but eighth in points against, and watching that Washington team, uh, that Washington game, and, hey, look, when I watch games, I can actually notice things. It is interesting, like, they were letting Washington get so close to the end zone, and then, just all of a sudden the Seahawks wake up and they just have a great red zone defense so I think that probably <laughs> explains how they are ranked pretty highly for points allowed but very low in total yardage so I don't know I, I expect Ayuk and Kittle yeah. and Mitchell to all bend, be very reliable bend but don't break defense yes exactly uh, divisional matchup I don't think I've said that but yes divisional matchup here uh NFC West so a very competitive game most likely uh but we'll talk about the Seahawks uh, the first,
0: first <laughs> do,
1: you, season do you think it's the... going to be
0: a competitive game with LCA I, I know I'm playing? saying
1: that but <sighs> this is the first season in the Russell Wilson era that they're going to have a losing season I think I don't know yeah. if mathematically that's 100% confirmed but it's looking like it I think they're 3 and what are they 3 and 8 I think they are right now something like that something yeah. really bad so
0: the best they could do is 9 and 9 and 8 yeah, so they got to win out
1: if they want to <laughs> prevent that from happening. But, I mean, Russ didn't do horrible, but he's just not looking the same. I, I guess the broken finger probably has something to do with that. I mean, he's just missing easy passes. He didn't have a horrible fantasy day. I mean, he led them on a almost game-tying drive so and got a touchdown out of it, so that helped his fantasy day, but... I'll ask you this because this is this is a roster construction that people could definitely have in a single QB league could you bench Russell Wilson
0: for Kirk Cousins or Carson Wentz for example I would do uh I would I would make that decision with uh I think I'd give the edge to Kirk Cousins and I would give the edge to Wilson over Wentz okay
1: but it's it's crazy that we can have this conversation Yeah
0: yeah the fact that it is a point of discussion is uh, concerning for Seahawks players
1: yeah and then Alex Collins uh, didn't do well at all seven carries 14 yards one reception 13 yards and a fumble uh, the Seahawks only ran the ball 12 times so that doesn't help him at all I mean he should have more volume you know Chris Carson's out for the season I saw that Adrian Peterson signed to the practice squad today I'm not letting. I'm not saying that scares me but it might be an indicator that they're not just gonna Feed Collins like you wish they would for fantasy purposes, but he's still worth rostering because of the volume that he should get. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's yeah, bad. I don't think he's
0: I don't think he's worth starting, but I think he is worth yeah. rostering right now. Yep. The issue the issue is that you know the fantasy season is winding down, and you got to make you got to make wins count, and so it's more important to. Have players that can actually add value to your team rather than speculative uh, players like Collins right now. Yeah. So I, I certainly wouldn't look at you funny if you dropped him.
1: Yeah, uh, DK Metcalf, one catch for 13 yards. I think one target, too. Uh, Tyler Lockett got lucky getting a deep 55 yard reception because he only had three receptions for
0: 96 yards.
1: Uh, it's so strange. Gerald Everett Here, led the team in targets.
0: Here's, <laughs> What's going the the on? Issue. Here's the real issue. Russell Wilson is being uncharacteristically inaccurate as a passer. Yeah. And uh, the DK thing is odd, I'll give you that, but Lockett has had a lot of opportunities, especially in that last game, where Wilson just overthrows him, just misses completely. So uh, it's really it's a Russell Wilson issue right now. It's not, the, it's not the issue of these. There's no question of the talent of this receiving core it comes down to the quarterback and how he is, you know, struggling to recover from his finger injury.
1: Yeah. Yeah. uh, And it's, it puts you in a difficult position rostering those players and those pass catchers. Uh, Yeah, absolutely. Do you think
0: Everett is worth rostering in a league where you have to start tight ends? I I don't know. I honestly, uh, he's really not on my radar in terms of tight ends. I think that more often than not, he's probably not i mean you're kind of you're when you're talking about tight ends outside the top five it's kind of like a, you know it's kind of a crap shoot yeah
1: i agree uh we can move on to prime time game i, I think i read like last week or two weeks ago it wasn't the prime time and then it got moved up to it i don't know it's kind of weird broncos chiefs though uh I, i'll just say this real quick melvin gordon javante williams I guess I'll read each of their stat lines. Melvin Gordon, 17 rushes for 83 yards and one catch for five yards. Whereas, Javante Williams had 14 rushes for 54 yards and a touchdown and three receptions for 57 yards. I mean, Melvin Gordon did leave the game briefly, I think, with an injury. Uh, This Broncos offense is obviously choosing to run the ball because, as I'll say right now, Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, Tim Patrick Nofant all scored fewer than five fantasy points.
0: But I think it... I think it comes down to a few things. One thing is that Denver, uh, if you are a Denver fan, you're praying, you're 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 praying to the John Elway shrine in your home, <laughs> that 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 Aaron Rodgers signs yes. with them in the off season, because that is what this team needs in order to be successful passing the ball. They just signed huge contracts to Sutton and I believe Judy and too, Patrick. right? Or that was Patrick, Judy okay, still Patrick. On a rookie deal. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. So they just, you know, they lock down their their receiving core. They've got young talent in Judy and Fant. So uh, the only piece that's missing, and it's a very important piece, it's the quarterback. Yeah. So as long as they have people like Teddy Bridgewater and Brock Osweiler and. Drew Lock, like they're never going to have an efficient passing game. I think so, it says a yeah. lot
1: that since since Manning, Peyton Manning, I feel like Bridgewater has been their best quarterback, and that's saying a lot.
0: Yeah, and that right because the bar, the bar is so low when you look outside of uh, Peyton Manning in the recent past.
1: Yeah, and then before that it was Elway. Uh, <laughs>
0: yeah, I mean, well, not no, not <laughs> no, that's not accurate at all, but. What do you mean? No. I
1: don't mean the last quarterback, I mean the last rolling okay. quarterback. Okay.
0: Okay. Yes. Sure. Sort yes. of, maybe. Yeah.
1: I think as far as someone that could lead a team to a Super Bowl. I mean those were the last two Super Bowl quarterbacks. I don't actually know the that's guys fair. in between, but <laughs> that's fair. Uh, no, I, I knew that. Um I, I don't I, I had to hit the
0: panic button for a second.
1: Yeah. Obviously, I mean between Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams they had thirty one rushing attempts and I think they're happy to do that. Uh, because they're doing very well, they're giving their rookie work, and Gordon is still being good uh, in that role too. But I think they do take away from each other's fantasy value because I don't think I don't think Williams is ever gonna take away more work for Gordon. I mean, Gordon's still outpacing him for rushes and carries. Uh, so I think you gotta hope that one of them gets a touchdown. So it'll be interesting to see what happens in the future. But I think this season they kind of detract from each other. Even if they get a ton of work, um, so I guess I'll ask. You're not. I don't think you can start any of these pass catchers right now. Uh, but could you flex Gordon and or
0: Williams? Yeah, sure. I mean, I think, honestly, I think that. I know that I know that none none of them did very well. But are you really panicking on Judy, and or I, Fant? And I. Tight end league, I guess you can't with Fant. Judy, I think is you feel the
1: best out of all of them. But it's alarming. (laughs) Yeah, no, I get that. I get it. It's alarming for sure. If I played (laughs) Sutton last week, I benched him. If I played him, I would have lost. So glad I made that call. But it's just a crazy call I would not have thought I would have had to make with how many players we started, especially. Uh, But we can move on to the Chiefs. I mean, you're not letting the Week 11 fantasy performance against the Cowboys scare you. Uh, this offense is back, I would say, with I mean, their performance against the Raiders in Week 10, for example. You're starting Patrick Mahomes, starring Kelsey and Hill. Um, CEH, though, is interesting. Seems like he's TD-dependent. And uh, Darrell Williams' fantasy value is still unknown with the return of CEH. So I-, I guess the only question with this entire offense
0: is what do you do with CEH if you roster him? You flex him. Um, If you have to, I, yeah. I feel like he's very similar to Miles Sanders, who you don't feel good about, you know, yeah. I mean, they were drafted in similar places. And I think that that kind of, you know, is indicative of their talent. I, they just, the way that their offenses use them and their talent, it's not really, it's not really all coming together. Yeah. I mean, Williams obviously has a, a lot of talent with what he did
1: against the Cowboys, I think. Um. Or no, it would have been against the Raiders. He ha- he has a ton of talent, but they're obviously wanting to entrust in Ceh the younger guy. Um, I think obviously. Um, yeah. And this Broncos defense is relatively strong, but you know this Chiefs offense is back in form. Should be interesting. Prime time well, divisional matchup.
0: Yeah. The other thing. I mean, well, Patrick Mahomes usually and especially Travis Kelsey, they just bully the Broncos every time they play each other. Yeah. It's all right. <laughs>
1: it's all right. So I know yeah, that uh, right. Broncos rookie safety or cornerback—I don't know which one—he won AFC it's Defensive cornerback. Player of the Week. Cornerback. Patrick Patrick
0: Sertain Jr. So that was cool.
1: He had two interceptions, yeah. and one of them was a pick six. That was
0: awesome. Yeah, uh, it's it's cool. It's always cool to see former players, uh, kids, do well in the league.
1: Uh, I didn't know that, but that shows my yeah. Pass Pat, with Pat Sertain.
0: Yeah, Pat Sertain is a, I believe he's in the Hall of Fame, uh, Dolphins cornerback. Interesting.
1: Um, that, that is cool. This Broncos team really is a quarterback away from being a playoff team in my eyes. Yeah. I think, yeah. It's, a, I think uh, it's a very I, tough division, which, you know, kind of makes it more difficult for them to get in the playoffs. But, uh, I mean, they
0: got a lot of young talent, for sure. They certainly do. They certainly do.
1: Okay, we can move on to the last game, which should be a very exciting game. Um, yeah, baby. Patriots bills uh just overall i want uh, what do you think
0: how how are you feeling about your patriots in this matchup in buffalo man new england is the hottest team in football right now i I don't think you can deny that and i'm gonna be watching every snap of this game i'm I'm really excited about it it's a it's a huge there's huge playoff implications because it's you know the top two teams of the division so Oh, it's going to be exciting. I, I am nervous because we all know Buffalo is, I mean, with Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs, they can do amazing things.
1: Yeah, and they bounce back against the Saints on Thanksgiving, so they're kind of back in form.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping that, you know, Patriots, we have, like, the best defense in the league, I feel like, in a lot of aspects. And, man, I'm, I'm so happy that... The Patriots ended up getting Mac Jones and not Justin Fields, like uh, like it was rumored at the before the draft. Because Mac Jones looks the part, man. He looks like a professional quarterback, and that is so exciting to see from a rookie. It really is.
1: I mean, you just see him with, like, I, I don't—it might be passer rating or something like that, which, you know, that's kind of an interesting stat to focus on. But it, he's, he's, like, very highly ranked. Not among rookies, which is usually what they compare rookie quarterbacks to, but among— all NFL quarterbacks.
0: Yeah, he's been playing really well, uh, especially with his lack of experience and and I, I know you have on the notes here that about Damian Harris and Armandre Stevenson kind of eating into each other's value. Yeah, I think it's more I think it's more apparent that Damian Harris is the lead guy just from watching the games. Uh, Harris is getting more touches, and Stevenson is kind of sliding back into that uh secondary role more more so than a than a timeshare wh- which is what we were kind of expecting yeah. after stevens and had such that big game yeah so they could um, be easing
1: it back in from a concussion i know they both had a concussion but i think Harris's yeah.
0: was more serious
1: but that could be a part of it too
0: yeah um, well, i mean there's really there's really no severity I, as you should know there's no severity with a concussion it just you know concussion is a concussion yeah All right. But, uh, yeah, anyway, anyway, um, Kendrick Bourne, five catches for 61 yards and two touchdowns. Had him on my bench last week, but it wouldn't have mattered anyway. Um, That's exciting to see. And Jacoby Myers, he had a good game, almost 100 yards receiving. He had 98 on five catches. Which I think was the Uh, season high. Yeah, I I don't doubt that. Yeah. I'm excited about this game. I think that the Patriots have a good chance. I know it's on the road. It's going to be tough, but I'm, I'm going to be watching every snap. I'm going to be really excited about this game.
1: Yeah, I'll ask you as the Patriots fan, do you think Kendrick Bourne, I guess from a fantasy perspective, is uh, still boom or bust or is he breaking out late in the season?
0: Um, I think he's emerging a little bit. Obviously, you know, without the two touchdowns, it's a very different stat line Yeah. Uh, for fantasy purposes, but Still not a horrible one, but nothing like I, that. I, no, but I think he is emerging. I think. I mean, he's obviously he's a talented player, and we picked him up uh, from San Francisco. And I, I like his talent. I like what he's doing in this offense. And you know, with with the way that Mac Jones is playing, I think he's going to be having opportunities to to capitalize on on that efficiency.
1: Yeah, I, what I I really like that Jacoby Myers. Other than Week Nine, he's had you know at least four receptions and that's a that's a floor that a lot of players don't have i mean he's a i mean he's like a wide receiver three type of guy but uh he is he is very consistent for what he does i just need more touchdowns please but i'm still glad he got one that was a big moment <laughs> <laughs> for him <Yeah>. and me <laughs> shared that yeah with uh yeah, all right we all Bills. we all celebrated yes josh allen uh had four passing touchdowns uh, find it interesting he was 23 for 28 passing and two interceptions so he only had three incompletions (laughs) other than interceptions thought that was interesting um he had eight rushes for 43 yards don't trust any bills running back do you have any idea why zach moss is a healthy scratch it makes no sense to me
0: um i don't have information on that Uh, it makes no sense to to me Yeah, it was a surprise to me on thanksgiving maybe he had a turkey emergency i don't know yeah uh, I don't trust Matt Breda, what he's doing. He's not getting many
1: touches. I think he got a touchdown last week again, and I you know, don't feel great about Devin Singletary. It's just going into last week, I would have told you that Zach Moss is the one I felt the best out of that backfield, and then he was a healthy scratch. So I don't know what you do with this backfield. Josh Allen gets a lot of rushes. I don't think you trust them. Um, although I do think the Patriots are easier to run against. But again, like who's going to get the work and who's going to get the touchdown? So who knows? I think statistically they are much easier to run against. Um, well, maybe. We'll see. Like I, I know for sure that their passing defense was tops, like maybe even top 10, and then I have them yeah. 20th here for rushing. So, mm-hmm. But again, who knows? It's a divisional matchup, like I always like to say, because I do think that, strangely enough, does make a big difference on how games play out. Um, Stefan Diggs, though, I love to see him. I mean, he's looking, you know, the past two or three weeks – I think past three weeks, he's looking like a 2020 Stefan Diggs, so I love to see that. Seven receptions for 74 yards and a touchdown. He's got four receiving touchdowns in the past three games. Um, Dawson Knox kind of had a Hunter Henry day. Three receptions for 32 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, Allen was Josh Allen was very efficient with his touchdowns in this game, so I would say it's still difficult to say if you can be very confident in Beasley or Sanders. Um, but Knox obviously is getting touched, uh, you know, end zone looks, and before, we in week 11, he had a lot of receptions, but, I mean, Beasley and Sanders are, you know, probably at the fringe of making your starting lineup uh, until they prove themselves again with all of these weapons being healthy. Would you agree? Yeah,
0: they've they've kind of fallen off as of late, uh, yeah. and it's, it's surprising, especially with Sanders, how strong he started the season, but I will say this, um, we don't have the exact numbers, but the patriots have a very strong secondary and that's going to be an interesting matchup to watch um with you know because all of the bills weapons are through the air so yeah. i think it'll be a closer ma- i think it'll be a closer matchup than than uh than you might think with bills on the, at home this would be a huge win for the patriots absolutely
1: i still think they're they're most likely guaranteed a playoff spot even if they lose as a wild
0: card i would think yeah what are
1: they what are they eight and four
0: or no probably
1: eight and three seven and four that's
0: correct no they haven't had their buy yet it's week 14 oh okay Yeah, yeah so they're eight and four wow
1: crazy bills against bill should be a good one
0: yeah and on that let's wrap it up um thank you all so much for listening We will be back on Saturday for news updates as well as daily fantasy advice. So thank you all for listening, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Peace out, everybody.